This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Weekends were made for sports. Now do the robot voice. I want to hear it again. Meet more, sir. Robot. That's a terrible robot voice. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Where are the turtles? Where are the turtles? Come on, guys, get out of here. Where are the turtles? And Rashad Taylor. Nobody calls me Lebowski. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man. On 1080 The Fan. Hour two of two here on Sports Sunday. Mike and Rashad with you till 11 o'clock today. Spent the whole first hour on the Blazers and Nuggets series. We will be posting the Les Schwab Tires podcast, although our podcasts are essentially broken right now. So uh, there will be a tweet with direct links to them at the end of the show. That's where you'll be able to find them if they do not show up in the Sports Sunday folder, which has been a problem for us since Thursday. I'm assuming we're working on it in the background somewhere, but uh, it has been quite an issue for us. So if it's not easy for you to find, apologies about that. We will do Hate It or Love It coming up at 1030. But we still have more Blazers Nuggets to discuss here this hour as well. And it might just be these first two segments because we came back a little bit late. I want to do a what if for the Blazers because the next time you'll hear from the show will be, I think, game three or four for the Western Conference Finals or will be a week into the offseason for Portland. So let's start. What if the Blazers win today and they get the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals this week game one would be on tuesday i believe and i think every game is on espn in the western conference finals which kind of sucks which means you don't get to watch chuck and shaq and kenny and which yeah it's turning during the blazer games but uh if they face the warriors in the western conference finals i would assume most fans would think they will lose that series in some way shape or form right yes now, does that change if Kevin Durant misses any time in the series? Because they, I heard from, there was an article that came out from a surgeon that said Durant may miss some of the West Finals as well, depending on the severity of his calf strain. He was, of course, going to miss the rest of the semifinals against the Rockets, which was only turned out to be one game. Mm-hmm. But they said he might miss some time in the Western Conference Finals as well. Does that change your opinion on that at all? Uh, No. I mean... You're still talking about a team that prior to Kevin Durant getting there had won 73 games and was a Draymond Green suspension away from winning a second straight NBA championship. Um, I think you saw what happened the other day against the Rockets. Even even though um, KD is the best player on that team, that's Steph's team. Steph went 
Ofer in the first half. And they still won. <laughs> he still won, and he came back with a 33-point performance in the second half and just continued to put a stamp on the fact that this is why the Warriors were so cold. There's a reason we were all so pissed off that Kevin Durant went to the Warriors is because they were already cold before he got there. And I think now – okay, so this, is, this is what's happened with KD, and I'm going to get back to it. With KD, um, he's so good that the Warriors have changed how they play to accommodate him. They've almost kind a of lot become, of isolation. Yeah, yeah, it's become very, very iso with Kevin Durant. When you have almost a guaranteed bucket, that's what you're going to do. The Warriors used to be, you know, pass, 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 shoot. You know, find Steph's going to move around on the baseline. He's going to run around. He's going to come off the of screens, and he's going to irritate your team like that. That hasn't been the case since KD has been there. But now they get to revert back to who they were and who we're used to seeing them be. And so I don't know if the Blazers have uh, still have enough to, to beat them. I don't know if there's enough shooting on this team to, to beat the Warriors. When you're talking about Steph and Clay, that's, a, that's some tall cotton right there, man. Like those guys are the best in the world at what they do, and that's shooting the basketball. Even though Clay goes on little lulls and Steph will do that, even without KD, I just don't think that the Blazers or, with, for that matter, the Nuggets are good enough. There's also some rumors and reports out there that Boogie Cousins could return in this oh, series. Tight. Which would, I, you know, that's a weird one for me because I feel like, although as good as he is, he doesn't fit the the Warriors' offense. And I remember even when they had him, he would still play a lot of their murder ball, small ball lineups when he was there. I, that's tough for me. I mean, he can dominate Cantor inside. Mm -hmm. If he if they give him a little post up, I think he could probably really do work on Cantor inside. Although Cantor has been better defensively this year, um, that would be a big big swing as well. For me, you have a chance to be competitive in this series. Hell, you were competitive when you got swept by the Warriors two years ago. <laughs> you had close games against against them. You just lost them all. I think you have a chance to be competitive in this series. Uh, if you saw the Clippers, they were able to force six games against this Warriors team, and they took uh, six games to beat the Rockets. So I think you could win a couple games in this series if you're the Blazers. Remember, if you're just tuning in, we're doing a what if the Blazers win, and next segment it'll be a what if the Blazers lose tonight. Um, I, I think you could, you could be competitive in this series. I don't think there's any chance you're winning this series. But getting to a Western Conference Finals, if you win this game today – I mean, this is already gravy, I feel like, at this point, even though I, I know Blazer fans think they can beat the Nuggets fairly handily uh, in a game like tonight. They can. I think you're just that gravy at this point that you made it this far in the second round. And if you make it to the Western Conference Finals for the first time since 2000, that's amazing. I, I think it's awesome that they made it this far. Do I think it's gravy? No. No, gravy would go on to the Western Conference Finals and 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 winning. You know, I think the Blazers are one of those teams that they've been to the second round. That's not enough anymore. If you're Damian Lillard and CJ, just getting to the second round is no longer enough. I think most of us expected them to get to the second round this year. You sure? I, I, I mean, yeah. Because the Thunder series, everyone was like, oh, God, the Thunder. I mean, I think that was the big expectation was to get to the second round, out of the first round into the second round. I think that was everybody's big expectation, especially considering. I think that was a hope. How the Well, I mean, hope, expectation. Different things. Uh, yes, but I think people really did after the, the way the Blazers have played. Um, coming into the season, especially as you lose Nurkic and you lose CJ and they still were able to keep that sustained momentum going into the playoffs. Yeah, I think a lot of people, after watching them fail, really, and if we're being real, in the first round for three years, yeah, 
A lot of people were expecting them to go to the second round. After watching what they did last year against New Orleans, no, you definitely come out there and you're supposed to win uh, this series. Second round now that you've seen your team win and compete, I think at this point people are thinking, man, we need to get to the to the finals. And now it, even though we say Golden State is probably going to win, you know, if they play the Blazers, you're telling me there's a chance all of a sudden. They you do know, seem vulnerable this year for the first time in a long time. Yeah, there, there's, there, if there's any time that you're going to be able to sneak in there and get one KD is, is, is hurt, the Warriors, while they're still great, man, they don't have the macaws and all those guys that the, the – um, uh, Harrison Barnes and all those guys that made that team go and win 73. They don't have those guys right now. So their bench isn't as deep as it used to be. And so if there is ever a time – Iguodala and everybody else. Iguodala, yeah, Iguodala and everyone else, Sean Livingston. But if there's ever a time you're going to come in there and steal a few from the Warriors, it's right now. This text says – this is from one of our P1s. I think this Draymond, Steph, Clay team is everything Rashad said. They were record setters. They were. And I think you saw that in game six, too. They played the old way of the Warriors, which is more fun to watch than the current Warriors, to be completely honest. Kevin Durant's amazing, but they're more boring to watch down. with the isolation play than they are with the pass it around, murder ball, shoot it – uh, situation that they've got going on so if KD misses time it might not mean a lot but I do think this Blazers team is good enough this year to at least be competitive in the series I'm not sure what that means in the long run but if they win tonight and get the Warriors in the next round I mean at least for me I think most Blazer fans would be very happy with that yeah um, I agree Western Conference Finals is nothing to sneeze at I know we're in a time in the NBA where finals are bust is kind of everybody and that's because there's only so many teams that make it, so that's all you look at is the finals. Mm -hmm. But making it to the Western Conference Finals would be amazing. Absolutely. And even if they lose tonight, I still think this is a, a, a season to be cheered. And we'll get to that next. What if the Blazers lose tonight? How do you feel? What are the steps you'd like them to take in the offseason? They don't have a lot of flexibility for, for money unless you want to go in luxury tax. And now we have, an out, we have a new owner in Jody Allen who we're not sure what her decisions are going to be in that sense. So, Or are they going to even start selling the team this offseason? That might be interesting as well. So what if the Blazers lose? That's next on The Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. What if the Blazers lose tonight? Text the better you today. Text line 55305. What do you think will happen this offseason? What players will they attempt to re-sign, if any? Who will they try to trade, if any? What will happen with ownership, if anything? Um, there's a lot of – once the season ends, there are question marks galore for this Blazers team. I think that's part of the reason why Blazer fans are enjoying this run so much is because they know that things are going to be very different next year, whether you like it or not. There have been multiple articles out there. Blazers Edge has written many of them. The Blazers, unless they want to get deep into the luxury tax, will not be able to re-sign Ennis Cantor, Rodney Hood, Seth Curry, they might even struggle to re-sign Al Farouk Aminu, who is a free agent this year, although on a very, very cheap deal this past time. Uh, and even with all of that, if that money comes off the books, still will not have a lot of money to re-sign people. They have that mid-level exception, which I think is like 5 mil or 2 mil, something like that, in that range, which I don't think any of these players are going to accept as a one-year deal unless they just desperately want to stay a Blazer. 
which I guess is a possibility. But this team will look quite different next year from what this current iteration is once the offseason begins. And I think it's tough for Blazer fans to think about that because it's been fun with the guys that they added this year. And Neil O'Shea's done a very good job this this season in, in acquiring good talent. Give him that credit. But this offseason is going to be huge for the future of the Blazers because you've got expiring contracts finally. You're going to have Myers, Moe, and Evan Turner all in their last year of their deals, which is great for trades. Um, maybe this run is good enough. I say this with extreme trepidation to get someone interested to come here. I mean, the Blazers never get free agents, but maybe if you clear cap space through a trade, it gives you a chance to either bring one of the guys you want to keep back or sign someone in the off season. It's a great year of free agency this year. There's a ton of good players out there. Uh, maybe, but I, I don't know. This is such an important off season for the Blazers. Whatever happens, this playoff run, I am so excited for it to start, but also very nervous because it, it could go wrong in so many ways. Um, I think initially just a little disappointment. You know, I think that'd be the first overall feeling because for the first time in a while, you were so close to getting back to the conference finals. And uh, for, for the Blazers, it will have been, um, what, 19 years. And for the Nuggets, like 10, 10 you know, yeah. since they've been there. So a long time for both franchises. But for the Blazers, it's been a while since you've been considered one of the best couple teams in the NBA. And being able to get there, being so close, I think would be – devastating and then the battle you mentioned those players watching those guys go at the end of the season that's the part that's going to be tough because you finally gotten to a point to where your bench is solid like you've you got trust some you, you trust it you got some character guys you know that are on that bench let's make no mistake cancer has been on the bench man it took a Nurkic injury to really put him on the floor and for blazer fans to really see how gifted he was offensively but Cantor has been a guy that was a strong person off the bench for the Blazers, and you're going to lose that. Rodney Hood has been your savior during the series. You're going to lose that. Seth Curry has been great for you through, you know, multiple parts of the season and even into this playoffs. You're going to lose that. And I think you're, you're looking at a team. And, you know, we bang on Al Farouk Aminu, but for what he brings to this team on a, for th throughout the year, it's hard to find guys that are quote-unquote glue guys and can just do a lot of those small things and are really willing to play their part as one of those guys. So you're looking at four guys on your team that won't be there next year. And, uh, and you say the, the possibility of, you know, maybe trading Harkless and some of those guys. Like, these are outside of Damon CJ. Like, this is the Blazers roster. And, for a long you know, time. For, for a while. And to see those guys go would be, you know, it would be really tough, especially because you finally got into a point to where you're just as competitive as the Houston's. You're just as competitive. Well, you're getting on par with where Golden State is. You're you're right there. You know, you, your maturation is almost kind of the same as Milwaukee's right now. You've been a top right three now. seed for two years in a row. For the, for the past few years. And uh, and there was a fifth seed like the year before, but then I think they were the fourth seed the year before that. So, you know, this is a team that's been right there in the mix of things. And so to lose all those guys is going to be tough. And then you start talking about possible changes in ownership or changes in ownership and maybe selling the team and what that looks like and who comes in and is this a whole, you know, kind of, I mean, I think everybody wants to think of Seattle initially, you know, they take our team and then move it to, you know, Sheboygan or, you know, something like that. But I don't think that's going to happen. I, no, it, it definitely, I think there's, I don't think it'll happen either, but you know, what a small things happen, like changing the logo and changing, you know, the, 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 the pinwheel and the colors, you know, kind of like Detroit, went through that weird rebrand or like Toronto went through that weird, 
you know, rebrand where they didn't know exactly what they wanted their stuff to look like. Like, there's a lot of things that could happen. So I think you're trying to hold on to this moment as long as possible. Because, um, number one, it's been a long time since the Blazers have been in a situation to go back to the conference finals. I think uh, 2000, was it 99? Or, two, or, or 2000, 2001? Right? Yeah, 2000. But I'm trying to think of the Mario Eli, uh or is it not Mario Eli, but Sean Elliott, you know, uh, I can't remember what year that or was. Or heels on the on the against San Antonio, uh, heels on the out of bounds line, and you know that didn't happen. That would have been an opportunity for the Blazers to get back there. So, you know, just a lot of disappointment to finally see your team of young guys finally make it to that mountaintop and get to a point to where you feel like they can win. I think it's going to be a big blow when you lose a lot of these really character guys next year. I think the ownership question is a huge one and one that I mean I don't have any information on. It's kind of hard to predict. Part of me thinks that maybe Jody Allen just keeps the team, but I, I I think that is a long shot because I just don't think she cares about basketball or sports. So she's running the team in her brother's stead for now. But, you know, if, if they try to keep it in the family, maybe they sell it to Vulcan or they, they sell it to Burt Cold and they, they try to keep it in the company that that was run by Paul Allen for so long. But... I mean, uh, NBA franchises are are interesting toys for multi-billionaires, and there, I'm sure there'll be plenty of people who'd be interested in it if they do put it for sale. Um, but in terms of right now, if you want to go more micro, like you were saying with the players leaving, I want to read some text on this in the Better You Today text line. I think Blazer fan will be more angry and disappointed if they lose tonight and then don't make a splash in the offseason, the old here-we-go-again mentality. Look, it's uh, it's possible. That's a possibility. And that's the thing that sucks is you lose Hood, you lose Cantor, you lose Curry, maybe you lose Aminu, and then you don't have any money to really bring anybody in. You're you're stuck hoping that Zach Collins is ready to be a starter next year, which maybe he is, and that helps fill one of those holes, and you're waiting for Nurk to come back, which fills another hole. That, I mean, what do you do? I think, I think that would be a really scary reality for the Blazers, but I think Neil O'Shea knows that if Neil O'Shea stays, he could leave too. I'm sure the Lakers have some openings he's trying to vie for. I'm sure. Um, maybe if he, if he stays, I think he knows he's got to move some of those contracts to open up cap space. So I, it, it could be really bad this off season. If yeah. you think about it, oh, you've been disappointed before it could happen again. Zach Collins, Myers, Myers Leonard. That's your one, two in the, the backcourt to start the season next year. That's really scary. Despite like the fact that Collins has, in this season slash postseason flashed, he's had moments mostly defensively. He's shown you that he can be helpful. Uh, helpful, yes. Not <laughs> not necessarily what you wanted from a tenth overall pick from you know a couple seasons or ago. the eleventh overall pick from a few seasons ago in Myers. You know, so, so. It, it is a very scary, daunting task. And then the, the thought that one of the things that's really helped make this team work the way it hasn't in the past is the fact that you got a couple real shooters in Curry and in Hood that are not just McCollum and Dame, and those are going away. So now you're looking at your only real true shooters on the team are the two guys that, well, you focus everything on them. What's the rest of the team going to do? So, yes, it's a very, very scary situation. So that's why I agree with, with Rashad on this isn't gravy. Like, this is your best opportunity to go as far as you can right now, at least uh, for another season. And maybe maybe next offseason you can get something done. But right now, this is your best opportunity to strike. You got to take advantage of it. It's, it's not gravy. I don't you can't think look at it as gravy. It's, ever been, it's never been more, and this, and this is with the Warriors, it's never been more wide open than 
right now if you're going to win a championship. No LeBron in the East. LeBron's in the West. The East is the, the East is open. The Blazers have beaten Milwaukee this year. The Blazers have beaten Toronto. Like I'm not. I think they've beaten Philadelphia. I think I was at the Philadelphia game. If they won. I'm not concerned with any team from the East coming over there and and playing against the Blazers. Like if it was ever going to happen, and I hope all these guys are talking about this. Like Evan Turner knows this could this could be his last game as a Blazer. They, they need to smell. They need to smell blood in the water right now. They know, need to act like a couple predators and just just. Take them down. And if they're going to do this for Nurkic, then, man, you know, go ahead and go out there and win one for the Gipper. Yeah, or Paul Allen. Yeah, right? I mean, this, this has there's been plenty, – There's plenty of things there's that There's a lot will, of motivation uh, if you're the Blazers to get this done motivate. today. Yeah, and quickly, I know we're going to break here and go to hit it or love it, but quickly, please don't get sucked into the weird fake series hate that's happening right now. That weird Denver Post columnist article that was just a direct shot at Portland, which was trying to get clicks. The weird middle finger stuff going on. I mean, it's a it's a series. It's a seven game series. There's going to be heated moments. Division rivals. But this series is not about that off the court stuff. And don't get sucked into it because it's just that that Denver Post article was purely meant to bait Blazer fans. And I'm sure it worked because it was it was a, ba- a very easy to bait article. Don't get sucked into it. Enjoy the game for what it is. Enjoy game seven for what it is because it's very rare that you get this for the Blazers at all and, and in the NBA at all. So don't get sucked in by that and just try to enjoy the game and the actual tactical stuff that's going on in the games because it, it's fun. It's a great series. And it's as a Blazer fan, enjoy it because the smart money says that we won't see this again for a little bit. True. True that. So. All right. Coming up next, hate it or love it. But first, Jesse S. Sports. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. That music means it is time for Hate It or Love It. All right, Jesse, what do you have for us on this Mother's Day Sunday? All right, well, let's see here. Uh, I suppose we should do some NBA, right? Probably. Probably. We didn't get a chance to do anything but Blazers, which is fine. But there's another Game 7 tonight. There's Kyrie stuff. Wait, there is another Game 7? The Wait. Lakers suck. Yeah, yeah the Lakers do suck. <laughs> uh, the que- I mean, I, I could go there. I could go there for sure. The Lakers, that, that'd be an interesting That's one. That's fun. Yeah, let's talk about how bad the Lakers are. <laughs> That's fun. Uh, we'll, start, we'll start with, you know, we'll just kind of beat a dead horse. And we'll what better with- way to start a playoff game with the Blazers than to talk bad about the Lakers? Oh. <laughs> I'm thinking uh, maybe we'll round it out with the Lakers. Uh, we'll start with the Blazers because we've been talking Blazers. Might as well just roll into that and then go on from there. But uh, CJ and Dame combined for 62 points in game six. A nice little impressive feat from your uh, starting backcourt. And uh, obviously helped uh, get them the W. Love or hate? In Game 7, CJ and Dame will once again combine for 60 or more points. Um, I'm going to say hate on that one because that's really difficult to do with two players despite how well they've been playing. I view it as certainly possible, but I, I kind of see this as maybe a little bit more of a Damian Lillard 30-point game and a CJ 22-point game with a little Rodney Hood splashed in there or 
Ennis Cantor maybe getting back into the, the scoring way of things. He has really slowed down offensively as the series has gone on, but I could see him maybe having a good game. Or hell, maybe because they're being pressured for minutes, Al Farukamino and Mo Harkless just start hitting shots in the first quarter, and they, they score some points as well. I think you're going to need a really balanced effort tonight to get this win for the Blazers, and that doesn't necessarily mean having 60-plus points from your two stars. It'll be close. It'll be 55 or 50 points or something like that, but I'll, I'll say hate on that one. Um, I'll say hate as well. Uh, there's something about playing in Denver. The ball just seems to hang in the air just a little bit longer because of the altitude and stuff there. Uh, but CJ's had really great games. He's only broken 30 one time, and that was, uh, well, twice. He had 30 in the last game, but he also had 41, obviously, uh, in the big four-overtime game. But for the most part, CJ has been a really consistent scorer, but I don't expect to see any huge, huge scoring outbursts from him like we saw uh, back in game four. Uh, for Damian Lillard, we've seen slow starts. We haven't seen that same uh, aggressive Dame that we saw that back in the OKC series. Maybe this is the game where he finally uh, comes to and is that first-team All-NBA superstar uh, that we're used to seeing him uh, be. For the most part, they've done a really good job uh, trying to stop our stars from scoring. Uh, it can't, not much you can do about a shooter. They're going to shoot and they're going to keep making baskets. But I don't know if 60 points is, a, like Lynch said, is a whole lot between two people. I think it's going to be a concerted effort through the entire team. Look for Hood and Curry and all those other guys to come up with at least 30 points on their own. 60 points between two people is a lot. You're right. That's that's a tr that's hashtag truth right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, I guess we'll move on now to the Lakers, okay. right? Okay, uh, the LA Lakers spurned by two head coaches. One of them, honestly, I think is just a LeBron puppet too. So the fact that they got spurned by LeBron's puppet just cracks me up. So they sent, uh, settled on Frank Vogel, who's been out of coaching for a year, got a three-year deal, not really any specifics on it, but uh, it is that three-year deal that they wanted to give Tyron Lou, love or hate. Frank Vogel will <laughs> last for the entire three years of his contract. Sure. Love. <laughs> I think he's a wet blanket enough that he'll be able to suck up to LeBron and be a good enough nothing coach that LeBron can coach the Lakers like he wants and gets to do all the things that he wants. Now, I, guess, I what we're seeing is that the Lakers are not able to get everything they thought they would just because LeBron is there. But Vogel, despite the fact that I think he has lost a lot of luster recently because of the way he finished in Indiana and started in Orlando, he only spent two years there. He used to be a good coach. He made it to the conference finals a couple of years in a row. Uh, he, he was good enough to get the Pacers to a, to a good spot. Now, of course, they had Paul George then, so they were a good team. But uh, he's not exactly the worst coach in the world. But you don't want your third option if you're the Lakers to be the one that you get when you have LeBron James on your team and you just lost Magic Johnson and there's discord inside the, inside the, the team and the locker room and the front office. It all just smells bad for the Lakers right now. And then you got your fans protesting. Come on. The Lakers are so lost and backwards. They're like a pretty girl who's been on that stuff, and now they have no idea which way is up for the most part. So they're going to hire a head coach before you hire a president or a general manager for basketball operations. So you have no idea if this GM is even going to like this coach. You hired a coach that has one 50-win season in his, what, 10 years as a head coach in the league. The closest he got before that was 49 wins. And, yes, like you said, he did have Paul George and a healthy Danny Granger on some of those teams to be able to kind of do some things in the East. Uh, they had an opportunity to hire Ty Lue. 
They wanted to give him three years. Why? Because three years is the, of the length of time that LeBron has on his contract there. He wanted five years. They said no. You turned down the one coach with a championship pedigree for what? And the one guy that you knew LeBron James got along with and that would kind of make him quote-unquote happy for, for for what reason? And then they know Frank Vogel. No, Frank Vogel is not going to work. Do you want to know why? Because they also hired Jason Kidd as one of his assistants, or he hired Jason Kidd. So this way, when things go south, and we know they will, LeBron is going to be calling for Jason Kidd to be the head coach and come in and coach this team. This is the way they should have did. I'm still confused on why nobody called Mark Jackson. I'm still confused on why nobody called some of these great coaches that are that, that have no job right now. Because you know, nobody wants to coach LeBron. Nope, and I think nobody wants to work for an organization like the Lakers who have completely lost their way. The Clippers are the best show in town at this point, and that's sad to say. That may be one of your best rounds ever. I, like, you didn't Thank even you, tell Jesse. me you love or hate. I just knew exactly what you, like, you hated that. That's right? a I mean, terrible. You love that. You love that no. because you, you, don't, you don't think he's going to last Vogel's three years. out. That's yeah. why you hired Jason Kidd, too, because he's going to be the one to take over the things when everything goes south. I'm going to say right around the All-Star break. That that's, uh, might have been your best round ever. Well, uh, I appreciate just gonna, that, Just going to go ahead and say that. Uh, and then we're going to go into it was a good round. the final round. I'm just going to let you know he's got a two-point lead over you. I Look, it was a great, great response. When he, when he said the All Jason right. Kidd point, I went, whoa. I didn't even remember that. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was, uh, he was on, like, I, it, normally he's like, uh, you know, like, uh, I don't really no, know. I'm not just, really sure. Yeah, this was, this, these knew, dudes, are, these dudes are, are, are dum-dums right now. Um, the Warriors owner came out and said he wants uh, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry to be Warriors for life. As we all know, that's kind of hard to do, especially when you're trying to juggle the salad crap, <laughs> cap uh, the way that they have uh, the last couple years. It's made it a little bit more difficult. We all anticipate KD probably leaving um, for less greener pastures in New York. Love or hate, the Splash Brothers will be Warriors for life. Hmm. That's a great question. I'm going to say hate, and I think it's because Clay Thompson, what's his chance to be the guy? Clay Thompson has been the number two his entire career behind Seth Curry, and there, he's a free agent this year. There are many, many good franchises out there that would love to have Clay Thompson be their number one guy and have him be their top scorer. I think that's really hard to turn down if you're a player, especially one who sacrificed a lot in his career to be on this Warriors team and win titles. Mm -hmm. To win titles on super teams, unless you're the best player, you have to sacrifice. I mean, Clay Thompson, although it is his best part of his game, is a is purely a catch and shoot guy. He, he barely handles the ball. He's a good defender, but he barely handles the ball. He stands over on the corner or the top third of the key and just takes shots. And sometimes that's tough to be just that kind of one one way as a player. And I think he's going to look to find that opportunity this year in free agency. Uh, I love that he will be a warrior for life. In fact, Golden State is already talking about making Klay Thompson the priority for the Golden State Warriors over the summer. Kevin Durant obviously is a big deal, but I think most of his teammates know that he's about out of the door. I think if you need to see how Klay Thompson feels about this team or how he feels about his position, look no further than game five. When it was time for them to win and when as soon as Kevin Durant was out, who was it that stepped up and became Klay Thompson again? Klay Thompson at 27. How did he respond? He comes back the next night in an elimination game and went dumb and had another 27. Klay Thompson is easily the second best shooter in the league, arguably the second best shooter that we've ever seen, and that includes a Ray Allen. And the, the, the Warriors are smart enough to know that we know what we were before Kevin Durant was here. And then Kevin Durant being out just gave them all the more confidence to say Clay Thompson is the way that we want to go. Yes, he, you're absolutely right. On his own team, Clay is going to average 30. 
I think he's that good of a player to where he can put up 30 every single night. I think the Warriors are smart enough in Palo Alto to know that, man, we're going to keep this guy around for as long as we can. All right. Our winner today is Rashad Taylor. Rashad Taylor. I should have won on my birthday, to be fair, but I'll take this one on Mother's Day. You, you smoked me today. Mothers, dude. this is for you. This one is for you guys. <laughs> you know, you're, you're the, you're, to quote uh, the great and gimpy Kevin Durant, you're, you're the real MVP. Uh, coming up next, of other game seven other game seven kyrie more blazers irving. which one kyrie irving whatever yeah. you want dude you're the host that's that's what you get to do when you win the second well that's what i get to do and we'll talk about that next on the fan weekends were made for sports this is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. The reason we chose this song was on Thursday on The Fan, we played Bust a Bucket almost in full, and the Blazers won. And we saw on the text line, you guys better play that again next game. So, well, we're here. It's Sunday. It's next game. It's time to play Bust a Bucket. Let's go. I love Bust a Bucket. We used to play it when I was in uh, elementary school. My teacher, Miss Hutchins, was a huge Blazers fan. Shout out to Miss Hutchins at Applegate. But uh, yeah, we used to listen to this all the time. This is the time Blazers won a game. She would play Bust a Bucket. Well, let's hope that this leads through to them this game as well. What are we talking about, Rashad? You're, uh, you're technically hosting. I just wanted to explain well, what we're playing this time. Well, you know, at, at, at this point, man, uh, maybe we just talk about how we how we spend this time watching. Watching Game Seven, like our—I mean, I know you won't be with with Ms. Lynch for, or Mrs. Lynch for uh, Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to Mrs. Lynch and to all again to all the mothers out there. But uh, curious of how you spend this day. Do you watch this game with the homies at the house, with yourself, with your kids, or are you at a bar because you want to be around the other energy, you know, of of other fans? I'm curious because I'm almost kind of like I almost want to go to a bar just so I can be around other Blazer fans and feel like that that energy. That has been fun. I've done that a couple of times this postseason where I've gone out to watch the game, which is usually not what I do. I like to watch it where I can kind of focus and not be distracted and watch it on my own screen and not have to watch it on a, on a TV that maybe is on mute. Um, but it is fun to watch with other fans in this scenario. And I bet you you're going to see a lot of people out watching it in large oh, yeah. groups today absolutely for sure you're gonna see i'm gonna watch it solo but I, I think you'll see a lot of people watch it in large groups why are you watching solo like i said i prefer to do that i have done it this uh, this postseason where i've watched it out but i like to be focused on the game i like to be able to pick up twitter quickly and tweet and look at the stuff and I'll just conveniently be be at home. It's just I, I, I like doing that the one reason i don't like being at home is like i don't like rewinding you know like I have some buddies that are like, oh, man, rewind that dunk. Rewind this. Oh, geez, man, do we have to? We have to go back and they're see that crossover the, again. You know, so, yeah, they're going to show it again. But, uh, but other than that, man, I prefer being at home as well. But there's something about being around a bunch of other like-minded people, you know, that, that want to see the same thing as you. So, I mean, going to a bar, if you're Jesse, getting a couple of gluten-free brews and kind of hanging out that way, I think that's, you know, super, super fun. And then when you win... You're high-fiving people that you don't even know. Like it's just, it's just more of a of a good time. So when big shots are hit when you're at bars, the, ah! 
all at the same time is pretty awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, one what, what of my favorite um, games ever that I remember is uh, uh, Arizona Duck game um, at the A&L Tavern. Like, a few years back, went to, like, quadruple overtime. Each team, like, I think it was like, ended up, like, 62-60 in the all. Oh, didn't Oregon lose that game, too? No, they won. Oh. And it was just, it was, it was a crazy awesome experience. And you're right. It's, it, it was all about the energy of the room. You just tap into it and you just like, as the energy grows, you, your energy grows and it just kind of like blows up out of control and you're everybody's high five and everybody it's a, it's a good time. Absolutely. It's like most games I typically want to watch at home, but when you want to tap into the environment of a game, like you can't be at the Moda center. It's, it's rare to see a bunch of people with the same emotion at the same time. Oh, yeah. Ooh, like all at the same. Like those are right. – it's it's crazy to see all at one time. So I think I may watch Game 7 somewhere. Half of them are probably conservatives. Half of them are probably liberals. And half of them would probably be at each other's throats at any other moment in their life. But instead they're high-fiving each other because a big game three. You know? I, I just called my mom and tried to take her to breakfast, and she's not interested in being awake right now. But – uh. Yeah, so I, I think I might have that that first part of the afternoon to watch the game somewhere. So how was Bust a Bucket? You think it was? Uh, you think that's good luck? You think that was good luck right there to play that song? I think it is. Did you wear your game six pants? <laughs> There's you or your game, game four pants, pants or whatever pants that it was that you're supposed to wear. Oh so, yeah, I so, forgot about that. So we have one. Uh-oh. We have no, one. No, no, our, I forgot that that happened this week. Is what I'm saying. We have someone that's requesting the the uh, my victory song today only because I guess the words are very inspiring. And as far as today's game, uh, I, I think uh, sure. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Play it today. Play it now. We can play. We can play it over the segment. Yeah, bittersweet symphony is is nothing that should be played today, just because. There's nothing bittersweet. Today is going to be awesome. That is true. That is a great point by the texture there. Absolutely. Yeah. Good job. And then for those of you who are celebrating Mother's Day today and are doing so during the Blazer game, it's not the hardest thing in the world. I think everyone's like, oh, my God, I could never do that. I've done it before. You can DVR the game. Stay off your phone. Just stay off your phone and watch it when you get home. You can't get you. You won't be able to be a part of social media during it, right? But you can watch it without seeing it distracted. Put it on airplane mode so you don't get notifications, unless you're expecting a call, I guess, or turn off your Bleacher Report notifications, and go watch the game later. You don't have to watch it live. I know everyone's how can I not check my phone? Just know that you're going to get it spoiled for you, and that's not fun. No, yeah, I mean, it's definitely not fun. What's also not fun is if you're recording the game and the, your friend texts or call you, like, oh, my gosh, did you just see that? Or or even worse, oh, my gosh, did you just see that? Like, so, yeah, nobody wants to wants to be bummed out by trying to record the game on their own. We'll see. I guess, but it, it's an effective way of watching it without ruining it for you. If you want to spend time on, your, on Mother's Day with your mother and she has already planned something with you that's – at 1230, then <laughs> yeah. it's an option. Yeah, yeah an very, option very good. My mom is still in the bed, so I think I'll be okay for right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I heard the phone call. I want to bring you to breakfast, and she was like, no. You're just like, oh, I'm in the bed. I'm like, what are you talking about? Can you meet me there in 35, 40 minutes? No? This text says that's not even close to the same. I know. I know it's not. But it's better than not watching the game. No, absolutely. What do I, what, I want to say that I at least saw the game, so... Granted, I don't get to celebrate with everyone else, but who cares? I get to celebrate with myself. 
which is sometimes more fun. It can be. Mm -hmm. Celebrate with myself all the time. Yeah. Doesn't everybody? I think so. It's a healthy part of life. <laughs> now, there is one other Game 7 today. It is at 4 o'clock on TNT. That is Sixers, Raptors. And then we've got Game of Thrones tonight as well, which is what people are calling Game 7 at Game of Thrones. Second to last episode of the show, although it's been quite disappointing this year, this season. Oh, that's too bad. It is too bad. But uh, might be a good episode tonight. You guys were so excited about the season starting. Yes. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just, I feel bad about that. Usually, last last seasons of stuff suck. Last season of The Wire, trash. The last season of like Sopranos, trash. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where one you had a lot of time to think about it. Um, uh, it just it's it's very bizarre in the fact that you you couldn't pr the the little things, the coffee cup on the table, like it's just the little things that are really bringing this city er, this season down um it, it, it's kind of driving me crazy that the writing's not as good the strategy we we were texting back and forth the war strategy and this is just absolutely atrocious it doesn't make any they it, build it up make any. seven seasons building up the night king and then you you literally it's all done in one episode it's just there's a lot of things that i had a hard time with this and now it's like oh we only have two seasons left and i don't know or two episodes left it's it's not living up all right guys i'm out next week so it'll be Rashad and Jesse and someone else if he brings them in. Let's go with this music. Let's not put the closed music on. Let's break with this music. Go Blazers. And let's hope they make the Western Conference Finals. Glorious. Let's go, fellas. Omaha! 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 This one's for Pat! Arr. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.